Greetings, Alpha Seekers. Uh, welcome to Nugent Ventures. We uh, we persist like those little little boats uh, beating their paddles against the wind here, as Fitzgerald would say. So um, this is sort of the uh, what's the I'm trying to. You get older, you can't remember things as well. Uh, Valley Forge, right? When Washington wintered at Valley Forge. You know, this is kind of the winter of our discontent here at the uh, at the podcast because listenership is down. We had a little technical problem. Lost a few of our merry bands, uh, which is what they're calling these Robin Hood investors now, by the way. Merry men, which is sexist. Woke person must rule on that. So maybe Robin Hooders would be okay. Because Robin is like a, you know, anybody can, any gender or mixture thereof or ambiguous gender can use Robin as a first name without any friction in traditional society. So anyway, um, these are going to get shorter now because, you know, nobody's really listening, then there's not much point talking all that much. So until we get listenership up, uh, I'm going to probably just do quicker quicker hits. So today, I'm just going to talk about a couple of things. I was going to put a post out on the exciting Nugent Ventures LinkedIn page about... Uh, you know, Larry Summers, or Summers, I guess it is, who's an ex-Treasury Secretary from the 20th century and still is prominent to a certain extent in Democratic, even per... He's more of a centrist. And he was the dean of Harvard, uh, I think Harvard Business School. But uh, if you watch The Social Network, you may have noted him as a character... Talking to the Winkle bosses when Mark Zuckerberg essentially appropriated their idea. So uh, he is saying that the stimulus, the almost two trillion stimulus, is too much. And his logic is that, you know, if you look at the output gap in the economy, it's only about, it's less than a trillion. So if you're going to pump $2 trillion in to fix a $1 trillion problem, that's like two times too much. So you don't have to be a Harvard business grad to figure that one out. You know, it's like if you fill a glass with two times as much water as it can hold, it's going to spill over. So you probably shouldn't do that. Even if the guy says, fill me up, you know, if you pour two pints of Guinness in a one-pint glass then you're going to have spillage. And in economics, the spillage is inflation. And so now, essentially, what you've got, you know, normally the Federal Reserve is blowing bubbles, you know, inflating assets and such, which is a lot of what drives the market, and that's why they say don't fight the Fed. But in this case, uh, you've got the Treasury, as empowered by the Congress, also blowing bubbles. So, you know, what does that mean? There's going to be bigger bubbles and more bubbles. So the difference, I think, you know, this time it's different is the famous last words of the 
investor who loses money. And uh, the difference this time, I think, let's say, you know, in 2000, we had this bubble, the dot-com bubble, and nobody got bailed out because, you know, it was like these Robin Hood, you know, holder, you know, nobody, who's going to feel sorry for them? Well, the Democrats are, they feel sorry for everybody. But um, the... Uh, the time before that, long-term capital in 97 was a big disaster, and the Fed bailed out all the, uh, the hedge funds and, you know, everything else. The committee that saved the world, you may recall that if you pay even the vaguest attention to financial news. Um, you know, and then 87 crashed. I don't know if they really bailed anybody out back then, but in the 2008 period, they had a bailout Wall Street because Goldman was in this huge hole. And so they had to basically make Goldman whole for like $87 billion worth of credit default swaps that this insurance company called AIG had uh, been on the wrong end of, and they were not good for it. Everybody assumed AIG had more money than God, and God doesn't need any money, so that's not that hard. But... They didn't. They weren't good for it. They had been picking up nickels in front of bulldozers, as they say in the market, meaning that they sold insurance and uh, credit that, uh, and they didn't get paid that much premium. So when everything came crashing down at once, they were like in a world of hurt. So the Fed bailed them out. Congress actually had to bail them out and wasn't happy. So then 2010, this is a brief history of financial time, I guess. In 2010, they passed Dodd-Frank, which put a lot of cuffs on the financial sector. So my prediction is if we do end up blowing bubbles and stocks and, uh, you know, everything else, really, any kind of asset, and it'll come crashing down, probably, then if it does... I think that the individual investor is going to be the uh, target of any federal bailouts. So the accredited investors, they'll just tell them to go, you know, jump off a building. And the non-accredited, like the YOLO guys on Robinhood, they're the ones who will get bailed out. That's just my prediction because I've been batting. I kind of gave up on this, uh, but I was having this debate with somebody on Facebook about, you know, her point is that the homeowner should have been bailed out in in the, the real estate crash. And my point was the opposite, but I just kind of got bored with, you know, she she's one of these folks who wants to get the last word, and I decided to give it to her because I'm in a hole with her. So I'm going to stop digging. But um, that's the sentiment on the progressive side, is that the little guy should be the one who gets bailed out, not the big evil Wall Street firms, or I would probably think accredited investors. And if they could just make that Republicans, they they probably would. But, uh, you know, little guy Republicans will probably get... And independents, of course. So, uh, so look for, number one, you know, the big financial players can't really get hurt here, at least not the ones that are regulated uh, by the government pretty tightly. You know, the hedge funds and private equity guys, they can still get burned because they can do whatever they want. But uh, the highly regulated uh, entities, just they just can't play in that space anymore, which may be just as well, honestly. 
So anyway, that's my that's my thought on that, and I was unable to post that for whatever reason on the LinkedIn page, so there's no reference, but there was a Bloomberg article about it. Um, I posted a link about uh, United Airlines is investing a ton of money, and this is from Cranes, $20 million. Well, not, not a ton. $20 million is not a lot of money for them. But that could buy as many as 200 flying taxis. So these things only cost like $500,000, according to that math. And they're neat little things. I just saw them on CNBC. It's a company called Archer. And Archer got bought by a SPAC, which is a special purpose advisory or acquisition vehicle. That's what they call it, SPAC. It's not, it really should be AQ, but they spell it SPAC, Special Purpose Acquisition Vehicle, which is basically you raise a lot of money from some pretty well-heeled folks, and then that's a like a blank check company, and they go out and buy something, and you're just kind of trusting them to buy something good, and it's publicly traded, so if they announce something good, then the, the, the public... Uh, the stock will pop, and uh, that's how you make your money. So I have not gotten into that at all, but this one sounds pretty good. Uh, you know, Atlas Crest Investment, it went up 41% to 1589 And I don't know, it got on CNBC, so I don't know what it's trading at. But you figure if it popped to 16 bucks, if you were selling puts you know, down where it used to trade, like 8 or 10, you'd probably get away with that and make the premium. So, you know, I'm thinking about doing that. And United went up 1%, so that's not, you know... I mean, that might be a little little pump. But it, it's interesting because they've talked about these flying cars for years. They're also electric, by the way. So as... The reason I think this is a, a, a good... Uh, thing to invest in and it's speculative but you know even if you wanted to go along in the thing for 15 bucks and by the way this is not investment advice this is just me kind of ruminating but uh, you know as the streets get more dangerous and carjackings become more common and probably can't really be stopped in the current political environment at least there's in Chicago then this kind of thing may become more popular, especially if you're, like, you know, wealthy. So, you know, got to go to the airport. Once the travel thing picks up, I go to the roof of my building. The, the, the helicab comes and gets me. They dump me at the airport someplace. Maybe I get priority uh, screening so I don't have to go through the airport and I get right on my plane or... You know, particularly the folks with the private jets. I mean, they don't have to go through security or anything. So uh, this is a much safer way to travel. Now, the odds of any particular person, you know, having a limo jacked or having a car jacked or, God forbid, they take public transportation, the odds are low that they're going to get killed, but they're not zero. And you have to, or robbed, or crippled, shot, you know, and then you got to offset the the risk if you're a calculating type against this thing crashing and, and burning and running out of 
you know, Jude's battery dies. But, uh, you know, <clears throat> I, I see that. Uh, you know, if you can, it's kind of like when you travel around Baghdad or Mogadishu, you know, you, you want to take a chopper. You don't want to, you know, go on the ground transport. Now, there they have IEDs, and we're not going to have those here, I don't think, because there's no money in that, or fun, you know. But um, we do have a lot of street crime, and I continue, I think that will continue, you know. So that's one, one of the reasons I'm bullish on the company. You know, there's also the traditional things, that it saves time, and, you know, it's environmentally friendly and all that. And I, I think the environmental thing is mainly how they're pitching it, but... Now, the other thing, just by way of comic relief, the funniest commercial on CNBC I put out there, which is this E-Trade commercial called Grandpa, and I won't say anything else, but if you want to see it, I got the YouTube out there. So, um, that's it. So, like I say, these are going to be shorter, at least, and that may be a good thing, until such time as we get some listenership. And maybe that's not going to happen. I don't know. I haven't done anything really to promote the thing, so I may. But, um, and if I do that, if I get a wider audience, I may change the editorial policy. Spend a little self-indulgent. So, uh, but then again, I'm I'm probably one of the few people who listens to it as I talk. So, you know, I'm kind of talking to myself these days. Look at it as free uh, therapy. You know what I mean? So anyway, um, that's it for today. Live long, prosper, stay safe, and we'll talk to you later.